For some ridiculous reason, in regaling our usual tales, we've been asked to talk into this box. I don't understand, but we're going with it. <laughs> so, yes, I brought this thing back on my latest trip from India. I, uh, it is a, what they call a recording device. I thought you said it was called the hug box. Well, <laughs> it's all These... nonsense, really, isn't it? Well, of course, uh, that is its local name. Oh, I see. Is that mm. some Hindi dialect? <laughs> There's foreign devil. <laughs> Who could say, really? Well, as I filled everybody's glasses, we'll To the Empire. To the, to the Empire. <laughs> the Empire. Yeah, the, em- the Empire. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes the, empire. the Empire. Welcome. Uh, do you believe it is my turn to ask the Honourable Baron von Connor... It's a little bit Germanic sounding, isn't it? Hmm. Not sure which empire he was saluting. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're oh, all discussing my ancestors. We're all there. noblemen here. There's no bad blood between yes. us at this point in the evening. <laughs> I do believe it is my turn. I must. What, my, what do I have to do again? I have to ask him about his recent adventures, right? That is correct. Um, Baron, do be a dear and tell us about how. You traversed the Amazon with absolutely nothing but your underwear. Ah, I say. Yes, it's a rather entertaining tale. And somewhat risque. (laughs) Risque indeed. We started out down in the depths of Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, don't you know? We'd been on there for a hunting trip, but... We went out on Saturday night, as gentlemen do, to a respectable establishment, and I got rather too into my cups. And next thing I know, I wake up in the Amazon, deep, deep up the Amazon River, in nothing but my underwear. And so I travelled down through the Amazon, sticking close to a river, but not so close to a river that the alligators and crocodiles, you know, those big lizards with the terrible teeth, were coming at me. But, Baron, I'll wager that those uh, crocodiles and alligators were attracted to you being, as you say, barely dressed. Oh, you are quite right. They thought I would be. (laughs) When, when, When I noticed them coming towards me, I ran for the hills, and before I ventured back towards the river, I found a puddle from the rains, because you know how it rains terribly in the Amazon, mm. and I smeared the mud all over my nearly naked body to like disguise my scent. What is it, <laughs> predator of which you speak? Which predator are you talking about? Um, <laughs> oh, it's an anyway. excellent play. <laughs> anyway, after I'd smothered myself with this mud, these crocodiles, they still occasionally notice me, but... I managed to make do. Mm, mm, mm. Now, as you can imagine, I was trekking for days. So I had to eat something. And so I... As you go down the Amazon, it's such a great looping river, you know. There were these eddies where fish would gather. And I crept into the eddies. And stealthily, as much as I could, sometimes waiting for as much as an hour at a time before moving... Joinked the fish out with my bare hands. To which this managed to keep me barely fed. I was wasting away. But, Baron, (laughs) 
Surely those waters are uh, populated by the dreaded razorfish of the Amazon. You're quite right. <laughs> you are quite right. And one of the times that I yoinked one out, it caused this scar that you see on my hand. It sliced me right up. Oh, that is a big scar. Mm. Mm. And I had to bind my hand together with the fronds of some trees. I don't know what it was exactly, but either way, it seemed to do the trick and keep my hand together. But now malnourished... And slowly losing blood, I stumbled down this river in what was a truly agonizingly brutal journey of endurance. And eventually, after a full five days of trudging and trudging, I managed to find a small tribe on the edge of civilization, and they managed to get me back to Rio de Janeiro and the troublesome pranksters who had dropped me out there. Well, an excellent tale, sir, an excellent tale. To, you, to, uh, to a Baron von Connor and his story. I'm falling over. Yeah, <laughs> we should stop doing that directly above that thing. It's expensive. <laughs> <clears throat> so. <clears throat> Does he just go uh, around or can he pick anyone? No, it, it, goes, uh, it goes around. It yeah. is tradition. Oh, I see that so, the Right Honourable Sir Jeremy Jizzingham. <laughs> Do tell, how did you end up in a stage production surrounded by geishas in Japan? <laughs> well, it was two years ago uh, when I was on the run from the Russian Tsar. <laughs> I've told you that story before. Oh, yes. I need not trouble you with any details of that. Um, and, of course... Um, Back then, the land was much closer together, so Russia and Japan were connected by a narrow land bridge. Um, <coughs> I, <laughs> I had snuck into the country along that land bridge and full distracted them in a manner so beguiling and magnificent to belabor you with it here would be <laughs> both unnecessary and impossible. Um, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but I'll wager it involved leopards. <laughs> well, naturally, of course, yes, it did. Uh, snow leopards, if you will. So the land bridge between Russia and Japan, as we've established, uh, was very snowy because Russia is very cold and Japan, well, who can say? So... Um, <laughs> Now, snow leopards are noted for their white pelt, so I simply strapped myself to the underside of a dozen of them, which I'd trained to obey my every command by a series of clicks and whistles, and they carried me across the land bridge into Japan. Now, when I arrived, I was a little the worse for wear, disheveled, covered in foul-smelling felines, um, so I made for one of Japan's famous nats. Nash, I've forgotten the word. <laughs> One of their famous natural baths. That's the word. And um, there... But, but I've always heard that they're a right honourable sort in Japan. However would they let such... Um, obviously you were quite bedraggled. And why, why would they let just such a vagabond into one of their prized baths? Oh, well, you see, sir... Um, 
The pelt of the snow leopard, while white and disheveled, is also highly prized, particularly in Japan, where um, they're weird. So um, I simply instructed the largest of the snow leopards to eviscerate the others through a series of whistles and clicks, and then itself. As I say, I had them trained to obey my every command. <laughs> but surely, Sir Jeremy, that was when your snow leopards rebelled and refused to obey your commands any longer, turning on you, viciously plotting to kill you. What you describe is utter nonsense and poppycock of the strongest sort, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you mean uh, cock of the poppiest? <laughs> Poppy of the strongest cock. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was? guess I was mistaken. <laughs> One of your intelligence often will be, sir. Now, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> did! You did. <laughs> I challenge you to a duel! <laughs> How dare you insult my honour in such Do a you? Manner. Do you challenge me to How a duel? Uh, now, now, <laughs> let's not get rowdy this early in the night. I, I apologise, sir. No offence was intended. Mm, apology accepted. Well, well, well. Only because you are of noble birth. That's a story for another night. <laughs> so, I entered the uh, facility and was acqu- became quickly acquainted with all of the geishas who were uh, svelte, chaste Japanese women who assisted me with my wounds and bathed me in a manner that is not fit for the dinner table or indeed any table except the table in a brothel. And... Really uh, <clears throat> forget <laughs> And, uh, sorry, I've forgotten what your original question was. Uh, stage production, yes? Yes, yeah, stage production see. surrounded. Stage sorry, stage production surrounded by geishas. Well, because I was still being chased by the Tsar's strongest troops and uh, all the units of his newfangled chrono infantry... Um, I uh, found myself trapped there for several months, under which time, following the tutelage of the geishas, um, I disguised myself as one of them. Um, I was more astute than them, and much taller, and uglier, and more scarred, that's true. But, I don't know, I had a certain je ne sais quoi that uh, some of the more discerning customers um, found interesting. But surely now, one of the customers, at least, would notice that you are, in fact, a gentleman. Well, yes, you're right, and I was just getting to that point of the story. Now, um, the customer in question, of course, was uh, the great Emperor Hirohito, the undying emperor of Japan, who uh, turned up and all of the other geishas were so awed and shocked and surprised and in literal awe of their living god-king emperor that... I was the only person who could attend to him. And the emperor is known for being a sharp and astute man. And he realized that I was a hairy six foot tall man with a full beard, <laughs> dressed clumsily as a geisha. Uh, and naturally, uh, <laughs> one thing led to another. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just uh, take a sip of this drink. What's the rules for that again? Well, I haven't given up on the story yet. Uh, I can say my throat is too dry for the tale and abandon the story. Yes, that's true. Um, 
then you have to empty the glass. Yeah. Well, I'm not necking a pint oh, of gin. <laughs> hey, wolves are wolves. <laughs> Hold the traditions and send me a new liver. Um, Flinty's here, we can get one. So, of course, then um, he drew his traditional katana, uh, shamed and embarrassed that I'd arrived. So, um, I drew mine uh, that the geishas had provided me with for some reason to come to their defense should a gentleman customer get unruly. And uh, we battled for a short time. And uh, we battled for a long time, in fact, out onto the snows, onto the plains. Uh, For a thousand days and a thousand nights, uh, the flash of our steel colliding was the only thing in the village. And... Eventually, when we realized that we had fought to a standstill and there was no more we could do, the emperor um, turned to me and said, Do you know what, uh, my gaijin friend? And I said, uh, What, your loyal empress? He said, This would make an amazing stage play. <laughs> so, uh, working together, we, uh, we, we wrote our exploits down in the form of a manuscript. And um, simply, well... It was difficult to get people to appear because, as I've mentioned before, the presence of the emperor would drive them into such fits of worshipful awe that I had to recruit the geishas, who I managed to talk around with my (laughs) feminine wiles. So uh, we we took our manuscript and we we went on, on a tour of Japan showing the the play that had been written and... It was a huge success, as I as I'm certain you've heard. Yes, of course. yes, yes. yes it was fine, Dale. No, sorry. Thank you. You have to clink. Clink, clink. It's the rules. Lovely tale, sir, Jeremy. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Give it uh, two squeaks. <laughs> Out of Okay. Mm. I don't see. Mm-hmm. Not Where does the, the bird squeak come from when you only have two rats? That you have to squeeze from, them from the Duke very himself. <laughs> that is classified. Lord <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's his name. Could you repeat Possibly. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Lord Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps you could. State your name for the record. Uh, Lord Mount Ararat Tolala. I heard tale, not this spring, not this spring, it was slightly after spring, of the... uh, Okay. (laughs) This late... Sort of, sort of of around summertime, maybe edging into fall. (laughs) The time that you heard it of is of little importance. Of the um, of the time that you explored the entire length and breadth of the deepest trench in the Pacific Ocean using only a trombone. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps you could regale us with that tale. Well, of course, such an endeavour wasn't easy or planned, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was indeed the way of things. <coughs> 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 
It was really my naivety in uh, trusting a servant to... Uh, Devil's sort of man. <laughs> uh, that brought this whole thing about. I had a wager that I could explore the entire bottom of a trench uh, in the deepest ocean in a submersible vehicle, such of which are rare but not unheard of in the coasts. Mm. Oh, yes, the coasts. So... I instructed my servant to procure one of these vehicles, and given that I was on a time limit, I left the details up to him, trusting him to come up with the goods. Now, it turns out that he is from an obscure region of (laughs) Bulgaria... And the word in the, this particular Bulgarian dialect for submersible is very, very similar to their word for trombone. Um, An astonishing coincidence. <laughs> when the boy returned with a trombone, I had a mind to immediately correct him on matters with a sound whipping and send him back <laughs> Uh, to uh, rectify the mistake and uh, bring back the submersible. However, I was very conscious with the time limit of the wager and realised that a trombone I had and a trombone would have to do. Now, trombones are not renowned for being seaworthy. However, I did have a plan. You see, this particular trombone was of a rather ingenious design, such that it could be extended to such a length (laughs) that it could contain an entire voyager's worth of air. But surely, (laughs) surely such a trombone would weigh such an enormous mount, it would break one's arms to carry it. Indeed it would, which is why my first task was to hire more servants. (laughs) And so I hired dozens of servants uh, from all over the place, um... Mostly Bulgaria, because I could explain to them that I was going in a submersible and they didn't realise that I meant a trombone. (laughs) And and, uh, were quick to agree. Um, Once they were all there, they could carry it between them, extend the trombone to its huge length and uh, carry it along with them. Then all I needed to do was take a stroll into the ocean. So, putting on my best uh, outdoor wear, I uh, walked to the coast of Penzance. (laughs) (laughs) But surely Penzance does not border the Pacific Ocean. Y- yes, it does. 
<laughs> you can just counter it again. Sort of, after you go around the Irish Sea. And so I... Um, and so on I walked. Uh, and I walked for days and days, obviously... I just had to walk behind the tram, tr- the trombone, the trom, trombone. The... I just had to walk behind the trombone. But um, whenever I felt a gasp for air, perhaps once, perhaps twice a day, I uh, <laughs> I just uh, took a quick sip of air from the trombone. And it made a glorious uh, sound announcing my... Uh, presence to all of the uh, local whales so that they would move out of the way as well. Um, I'll wager this is the uh, this is the point I've heard in the tale where um, the trombone being of shoddy Bulgarian manufacture uh, disintegrated, leaving you alone under the at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean using only your phenomenal wits. <laughs> Indeed it was. <laughs> And, uh, so what I had realized, of course, was that the servants themselves, uh, had occasionally required to, uh, take gulps of air from the trombone. And in fact, being of, uh, slightly less of an outdoorsy and adventurous nature than I, had, uh, uh, to take... Quite a lot more than uh, than I did. Um, now, of course, I didn't want any of them to perish under my watch, uh, although a few did, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'd wager that so, these these slaves, being such unoutdoorsy types, must have all perished, surely. Uh, nonsense, because. <laughs> in actual fact. Um, I, using only the medium of mime, explained my survival techniques to them such that they could survive on a lot less air than they were used to. And uh, and being suitably instructed, they were able to share the necessary air with me by simply directing their air bubbles towards me and having me catch them and uh, and take them whenever needed and that is what got me the rest of the way through the trench and all the way back and if anyone calls me a liar I shall fight them on this very spot what well, indeed no one would ever do a fine no, tale fine. Uh, uh, yes, so Lord yes, yes, well well done. Congratulations. <laughs> it's quite good quite good quite good quite good quite good mm. I think I think you should go easy on him because he's new here. Mm. He's new, he's very new. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name again? I don't think I've been introduced to the gentleman. Uh, Sir Lincoln Histogram. <laughs> Sir Lincoln Histogram. Um, <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us, sir, uh, the time that you moved the entirety of Wales to the moon. Oh yes, that's a fond tale. Indeed, I've heard I've heard tell of it a thousand times now, and eager to hear it from your lips. <laughs> well, good job you're here then. Oh, did two rooms and a boom arrive? 
Yes, it's over there. Not thematically appropriate, <laughs> but yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and a fine game it is, too. <laughs> but it's not the game we have. <laughs> oh, I just noticed it. It me momentarily. Well, if you didn't notice it, then... Then of course it has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Thus rendering your question somewhat irrelevant. Weak. <laughs> Carry on, sir. Yes, yes, one. of course. Um, where to begin? Um, oh yes, the, uh, the entire whales on the moon. Yes. Well, uh, to begin with, I think I should uh, mention that uh, my good wife, um, Hillary. Hillary Histocrat. Hillary Histocrat, yes. Ah, inventor of the bassinet. Yes. I think I refer to Histocrat. Well, she she was born in Wales and spent uh, a lot of her childhood there. She's oh, I'm so fond. sorry. Yes, well. <laughs> I don't, I, from my point of view, I agree. It's a, it's a terrible place, but she's very fond of it. It's where she grew up. And uh, she likes to take a trip there every so often. But also, she... Uh, She's very fascinated with the stars as well. Mm, uh, mm. Quite often I see her uh, on a clear night. She'll be uh, out in, uh, uh, in the gardens of our estate. She'll just be observing stars and the moon. And so often she would um, you know, comment about how beautiful the light emitted from the stars and reflected off the moon. Just how gorgeous it was. And... It was our 25th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Coming up to it. Thank you very much. It was our 25th anniversary. And I thought, what would be a perfect gift for her? And I thought, how about I combine the two most beautiful things that she... Well, the two things that she considers beautiful together. I thought, yes, of course, it's obvious. I should put whales on the moon. A thought I've had many times myself. Exactly. I, it, it was a benefit to more than just my wife. So, I, I, I know a lot of people, and uh, some of them work in uh, establishments, and uh, some of them study the stars, and uh, I spoke to um, some stargazers, and I asked them the questions, because I'm, I'm not a, 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 a man who studies... Uh, the stars in space, so I asked them to do some calculations, like what, what would be necessary to lift such a um, large mass uh, off the Earth and onto the Moon, and they did the necessary calculations. Uh, surprisingly, they didn't ask me why I needed this, but um, they did it nonetheless. <clears throat> um, I then had to speak to um, some engineers, because obviously you're going to need a lot of... Um, firepower to uh, raise something that heavy and uh, we calculated how much fuel and the type of engine that would be required and obviously we need multiple engines around all of Wales as well Mm. oh and a large um, drill because Wales is connected to England of course we need to saw it saw it off so England and our beautiful nation didn't get taken up as well because I hear there's not much uh, air on the moon so well, that's a point. We did have to tell everybody in Wales that they might need to move temporarily as well. But uh, that, that's another story. Once we'd sorted all that out, we arranged... Uh, the engineers started strapping uh, all these engines around the coast of Wales and... I'll wager that's why you asked me to deliver a large supply of trombones to Wales. Sir, <laughs> 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 so, so, please, trombones had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um... 
Anyway, where was? Oh yes, we were strapping the engines around the coast of uh, of Wales, and also where we'd sawn off the landmass from England as well. And uh, using the calculations from the astronomers as well, they to plan the trajectory of um, of the of Wales when it would lift off. We fired up the engines. And I'll wager that that's exactly the point when um, the outraged Queen Victoria arrived and demanded to know what you were doing with this large section of, of her country. I, uh... Well, it's I was about a... to ask the exact same question. <laughs> I wish you had. I have less coin than you, sir. We can't wait to find out. <laughs> of course, she was uh, annoyed that part of her empire was leaving the planet but all I merely had to do was to remind her was it's Wales (laughs) (laughs) of course good point well made (laughs) are we really going to miss it so (laughs) after a brief discussion she admitted that yes I have a fair point and then she left and left me to it so we turned on all the engines and we double checked the calculations and Wales was um, erupted off out of the sea. I'll rage at this very moment. All of the sheep in Wales started attacking you because they knew their impending doom was coming. After all, well, they certainly attempted to, but um, obviously by this point uh, the engines were firing and uh, the, the land was lifting. So if they did come, obviously I wasn't standing in Wales at the time, but uh, well, I'm obviously standing, yes, I was standing near it, but. Oh, I, I was under the impression you were on it with a trombone in your no, wife. No, 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 you're going to mix up with... Uh, you with a trombone in your wife on Wales? No, don't be silly. Listen to me, man. As they started to charge and attack me, of course, Wales had lifted up a significant height at this point. So if they, if the few sheep that had continued their charge just fell off the edge and, unfortunately... You had mutton for dinner. Yes. <laughs> it was a very good uh, dinner for myself, my wife and myself. But they were cooked very well by those engines you described. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, it all worked out very well. An excellent bonus for the occasion. Uh, it all went off without a hitch, apart from the uh, loss of the wildlife. I will wager, however, that it was at this point that you realised that you had missed the moon and somehow had to get whales back on track to land on the moon. <laughs> no, 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 no! I remember it all went off very, very well. Um, yes, so we stood and watched. I'd sent my wife uh, elsewhere to stay with her mother, uh, so that she didn't know what was going on. And we watched whales rise up, and, uh, and it was this exact moment where your wife turned to you and said, "Darling, isn't that Australia?" <laughs> and within one sentence of finishing, <laughs> this is. This is the point where everyone I said, starts... I sent her away. I couldn't have told her that. She was not with me. Nonsense, sir. You're not listening to this man's story. Anyway, it went up, and that following night I saw that, yes, it had worked. I could see it on the moon. I had my own telescope ready to look at it. The following day, my wife returned, and I t- it was our anniversary. I said, I have a wonderful gift for you, my dear. Come, look. I showed her the telescope, and there it was. And it was a... Well, I, w- I won't go into more details about what happened for the rest of the evening. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you have it. That's how I got whales onto the moon. A fine, a fine story, Still there to this day, and good riddance. Shit, I still have to think of a question. <laughs> well, take your time. My glass is quite empty. Well, they must be refilled then. Mm-mm. 
he reached the subject, so therefore I do believe it forced him to fill the glasses. Okay, but I don't know how to make gin and tonics, so I suspect they'll be terrible. You Get put some gin ice. in, you put tonic <laughs> in. I can't, my hands are covered in rat goo. Someone else who's... <laughs> Someone who kitchen. isn't quite as covered in rat goo. Right. You're the nearest kitchen. There's his glass. Smallest brother. No, 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 we need, we need yeah. to bring, uh, bring, bring, bring the ice. Okay. From the tiny um, fridge. It does look to me like all of the glasses are running a tad empty. A very, yes. Oh dear, my glass is now empty. A superlative first effort, sir. It's almost like you're psychic, because when you said it, it wasn't. Now it is. Yes. Uh, well, my family is renowned for its psychic powers. And fire sharks. Yes, I have not forgotten the fire sharks. <laughs> Trust me, I have It not. is quite impossible to and forget the fire Small freezer. Well, it's on in, top of the bridge. It's in one of these newfangled ice boxes that <laughs> I brought back from my trip to Antarctica. It turns out they had too many and they just didn't need them. <laughs> of course, now it's an arid desert wasteland, but that's a story the for another day. Bridge, there is a freezer at the top of it. Yes. And there's a bag full of ice. You seem to be looking at the big fridge. The yeah. smaller one is the one of the two which is smaller than the other. Well... I would never It's, it's quite the riddle. <laughs> I, I do come up with his brain bogglers. Well, <laughs> I have to admit, I did like the bit in Deadlands when you were trying to solve all my delicious riddles and were uh, terrible at them. Yeah, we passed most of them. What, and released Nick Nedden? No, oh. only, <laughs> only because he simplified the riddles because we were doing so bad. <laughs> and now we simply ice up the drinks. Add ice to the glasses, boy. Oh. Sorry, I'm not currently playing my Deadlands character, which is no, my blue character, which is a bitch to the rest of you, Same. people. Yes, but you're in my house. Tell the thing. I had. Uh, We're getting in character for tomorrow. You think? I'm certain I had a box of Jafford cakes uh, somewhere around this facility. I don't know what you did with them. Did you leave them in the beer shop? Did you? No, he's right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Add three to my glass, please. Oh, your fuck eggs. <laughs> <laughs> your fat. That's here they are. That's crazy. I'll add some glass. Oh, thank you. Ice. Shall we give you a reward for this? Your eternal reward. Three. This with a hammer. Oh, there we go. <laughs> How would I It's fine. Oh, do you know us? Uh, I, I will right. have some ice, please. Yeah, this block of ice will do. Drop that in. Which one will fit in his glass? Just. Just a medium and chunk for me. Poop on me and stuff. More. So I like they're just gently nuzzling your like beard and admiring how much like. Would you like another? No, no, that's I, enough I chunkage like for that. I. Or rat. Thank you. <laughs> probably too much gin. Yeah, that might be a bit too much. Actually, there's, there's a lot of ice in there, so. Yeah. Um, Jafford cake, sir. Yes, please. And this, this, this gin is actually totally. It's it's very. Put smooth. this in his mouth for him. <laughs> Jafford cake. Jafford cake. Yeah, I know, but it reminds me of a video of a robot picking up a biscuit poor, and moving it to a model head. Poor gin. And in the end, he's trying to smash, smash, smash. The before the waters. It's right there, sir. No, the tannic. Not that. The other bottle. But has stuff in it. Can we just bottle here? No. But we do need soda water, actually, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes. Yes. 
Um, I think I'd make it explode, to be honest. <laughs> we'll have to do that, Bonnie. Alright, um, but where's the tonic water? You, it was... The tonic syrup, rather. I put it back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Don't be a big man someday. You've got blood on your face, you big disgrace. Rubbing your spleen all over the place. To wipe your spleen all over the place, you'd have to make an incision, wouldn't you? You'd have to be quite, quite I, dead. I know, but, well, I don't know about dead, but you'd get infected and you'd probably also, end up dead. Right there. Have you seen The Martian? I have, and it was awesome. Have you read The Martian? I haven't read it. The book is better. That's like is saying this, the sky is blue. Is this water? It's not been fizzed. Well, it has. Has it? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember doing it. And it fizzed when it opened it. Mm, maybe I made some. I don't think there's... I don't smell any flavour. It must be water. Um, can you refill this one and put the lid on it and put it back in the fridge? I made some the other day, I think. It's probably fine. Grey lid. Is there a grey lid on the yeah, table? Is it fizzing? Yeah. If not, white. we'll probably oh. live. Is it? Where's the grey lid? What? Well, I don't know. It might be in the kitchen. Just empty it out, rinse it out, then fill it with water and put it in the fridge. I'm quite impressed that they haven't uh, looped this fireplace yet. Oh, oh god, man. <laughs> terrifying, literally terrifying. And nothing had happened, and this was 21 minutes in. <laughs> we were just sitting there, you're like, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was quite relaxing until that point, and then we were both like, oh! <laughs> imagine, imagine if you were looking out of a window. <laughs> and there's just a face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> log, log, log. You're, um, you're watching a, wind, a view of a beach, and then suddenly someone comes along and dusts it away. <laughs> I hope you've been thinking of a question. I, I'm trying to, yeah. If you're having trouble, just get the book. Uh, there. Yeah, just yeah, just ran a, rond- a random a word generator in your head. Yeah. You probably can, but a bit more. And... Yeah, I did it to the line. Oh, no, sorry, not you. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the context of life. Risky business. <laughs> I find... I find it's actually best if you take a huge mouthful of gin, but you have a Jaffa cake in your mouth at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, I imagine that would be pretty awesome. You'll have to pass it down to do the others. Alright. Also, we need one of those... You know what? I'm going to use this. No, I'm not. <laughs> Where did the spoon go? You were going to say spoon. Alright, Jeff. Jesus. <laughs> was it five seconds that we did before? That was more. It was not. I think I did about eight seconds. I do it right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's not even the gin. That's not good. Mm. <laughs> that gin. You always had five. That's good. All right. Good luck, to court. We may return to Baron Munchausen. Baron Munchausen. Baron Munchausen. Lord uh, Histograph. Yes. Uh, Very nearly correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of my interesting... Oh, that's really good. That's the end of my interesting tale. Um, Duke Langerpooper. Mm. Oh, the Buckinghamshire Langerpoopers. <laughs> oh, is he related to Reginald? Yes, yeah, yeah. Reginald Langerpooper. It's so nice to meet you at last, sir. It is. Oh, and his younger, more, more youthful brother. Mm. Those are too. synonyms. <laughs> I call Poppy of the highest cock on that. <laughs> you can't call Poppy of the highest cock. You're merely a baron. You remember what I said, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, 
I, I don't. I have not heard many of your tales, but uh, one that I've heard is uh, an interesting one. Uh, the time you had to outwit uh, a witch doctor on your treks in Africa. Oh yes, I remember the time. Well, it first started in Paris, of all places. So many stories do as that. As my representative, I am quite the ladies' man, and I was about the town. And I bumped into these lovely African queens. The, no, the big, beautiful guy. I'm Jamaican, then. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'll wager that these queens... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of something else. Carry on with your story. My time in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> Different story altogether. <laughs> but no, I but with a far happier ending. <laughs> For which brother? <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I disassociate myself. Move on. <laughs> As I s- hang on, I've paused the fireplace. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Just know on the down loop it needs pausing. <laughs> Best fireplace HDV. What is this sorcery? <laughs> I wish to know who Lullaby Baby is. <laughs> that is a story for, for another, another day. <laughs> So, anyway, sorry for the interruption. As I strolled through the, on a crisp Saturday Frisian evening, these beautiful women, as I said, came up to me. Beautiful, big, African, black. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, we were chatting, went to a local, uh, what's this? Bistro? <laughs> Boudoir. Uh, perhaps <laughs> oh, what's the word? lingerie <laughs> in fact <laughs> piscine bibliotheque <laughs> gin bar we went to a local cafe <laughs> uh, or, as, or as the French call them bistros <laughs> so as we sat we dined I dined with these beautiful women we drank we drank we drank a little bit more. Then I don't remember much. Then we drank. Mm. And then we went back to a beautiful... We went back to my beautiful room. At the Ritz in Paris. And then they, they said to me, You should come. We'd love to... Ma- you should marry us. And I was like, No. And they were like, You've made us pregnant. And I was like, Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that old chestnut. <laughs> and so... I said, No. And then I said, no, I will have to ask you to leave. And I turned around. And next thing you know, whack, I was knocked unconscious. I awoke to find myself have been robbed. Scandalous. I ran down. I said, where did those women go? To the hotel. They said, sir, they went to the docks. I, I topped on top of my servant and he ran to the docks. <laughs> <laughs> the most efficient method of travel in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> As, I said, have anyone you seen two beautiful black women? They asked for a more description. I said, "It's Victorian Paris." <laughs> I bad. would wager that <laughs> down at the docks of Paris there are many beautiful black women. And by the time you found the ship that they'd absconded on, it had already left port. You are indeed right. But I, I quickly hurried to the the, uh, the quartermaster of the port. Not the quartermaster. Yes, the harbour master. Harbour master. Harbour master. <laughs> Ah, the master of the harbour. Yes. <laughs> and I asked him, I, th- I explained my situation. He said, ah, of course. And said, so you, you head. He explained to me what ship they'd on. He'd saw them coming. 
they're quite unique women with their size and all. They do stand out from the others. This from the other typical black women. Yes. <laughs> and so I, f- I purchased myself a sh- I managed to uh, go to the bank and acquire myself some more funds before taking a ship to the deepest parts of Central Africa. It was a long and terrible journey at points. The sea was rough. I did feel ill at points. And once we landed, I first had to seek out. I landed. So, ah, I landed. That's what I've said multiple times. No? Yes, several. <laughs> <that's fine. laughs> yes. You bounced. <laughs> <laughs> you were all landed off. We were landed, landed, we landed again. Landed one more time. <laughs> and then I nailed the boat down. <laughs> <laughs> then we realised we were in the wrong place. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, as then I, uh, as we, I came ashore with my, the crew I had assembled in Paris hmm. to help me track them down. I said, hmm, I had to think, where would these women go? Uh, they did speak in... T- being briefly about the whole marriage thing, they said we'd have to meet your father. He was the chief, the witch doctor of sorts, the shaman of our local African tribe. So I, was like, so I journeyed inland in search of this African tribe. And then after many, many days of searching. Ah, I've heard this part of the tale. This is um, where you were bitten um, by um, a deadly mamba snake on. Uh, a mem- uh, an area of anatomy so unmentionable that we shall not mention it, and uh, nearly That's died. <laughs> and died. Nearly that is died. The tragic part, or almost was, if it wasn't for my trusty manservant, Miguel. <laughs> Miguel of France. Ah, Miguel the Spaniard. He <laughs> went <Spaniard> from France. <laughs> I know him well. <laughs> And as he was just, I turned to Manuel, in my hour of need, I looked at him, he looked at me, I said, Manuel, I know you all my life, my friend. Said, yes, sir, you have. I, have. I have one last task for you, and I will release you. What is it, sir? I need you to suck the poison from my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I stared into his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the good way to start this. He nodded his, his head as the African crickets made a weird sound. <laughs> he then performed the task. <laughs> Can you feel the Oh, sorry, I don't know what came over <laughs> And after he had... Sucked the poison. I did, poison. Remind, <laughs> I did remind him that he needed to spit it out or he himself would die. <laughs> <laughs> A gentleman never... No, sorry. Where, where are we going? <laughs> Always he found it so delicious that he refused outright. <laughs> <laughs> it is black mamba venom, my friend. I don't think anyone would find that enjoyable. <laughs> That's what you're calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> Young lads these days. <laughs> Going out on the town with their black members. <laughs> Isn't that the start of all his troubles? <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. So after my unmentionables were mentionable again, <laughs> we carried on further until we came to what looked like a village on the horizon. 
It was dusk. Nightfall was setting in. We decided to pitch camp for the evening and approach the town in the morning. Wise. As some as dawn as dawn broke, I saw Miguel was still feeling a bit ill, but better. He was able to carry off me, luckily. So that we ventured into the town. <coughs> I'd wager it's at this exact point that Miguel, so enraged that you made him perform such an act on you, turned and attempted to kill you. No, no, my friend. He is too loyal to me. He will always come to me in my hour of need. Need. (laughs) (laughs) So as we approached, we realised it was was one of the companies you've all heard about, I'm sure, where they wear minimal clothing, to say the least. I, I too have studied many monographs on the subject. <laughs> it's Hello. never as good. I can tell you now, my friend. They're not as good as the live specimens. No. <laughs> so the hell? I bet there were some black mambas around there. <laughs> oh no, there wasn't actually. <laughs> so that that's we. I tried to tempt. We were welcomed into the village. I did not state my intentions straight away. I thought they'd be foolish of myself. Myself. We are welcomed into the village as sort of guests, honoured guests. I did try to tell my crew not to uh, take in the site too liberally, as I, to- as I told them on the trip what the women had done to me in Paris. Fortunately, they did not listen. And at one point I found myself sitting next to the, ch- the witch doctor of the tribe. Alone. I will wager, however, that this is the moment that the two ladies we appeared are with your children. This indeed did happen. <laughs> <laughs> a long trip from Paris, was it? Or uh... yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so lost on the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, of course, of course, of course. And travelling across Central Africa as well. Mm-hmm. Quite, 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 quite. <laughs> and I didn't. I looked up and I saw the women from Paris, there in their arms, children. Now you'd think, they how would they have to tell they were mine? But they could from the hair colour. It's not often you see uh, African children with bleach blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, the witch doctor turned to me in an ang. stood up, raised his staff angrily. He was quite angry at this point. Mm. He started shouting at me. I think angrily? He, he clearly realised. He was more annoyed than angry this time, I just mm. must oh. say. <laughs> he, uh, it was clear he was enraged. He. he Locked on to the fact that it was me who had impregnated his his daughters, I would assume. Good lord. It was at this point where it said he was challenging me to do, to a duel around the fire. <gasps> what did you do? Well, first, the whole tribe surrounded the fire. No chance of escape. I looked for my crew. No sign of them. I looked for Miguel. No sign of him. Black members, obviously. Hmm. <laughs> it looked like it would be a duel of combat. I... I'm not very adept in combat. Least only with swords. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now <laughs> we're calling them that. <laughs> I can't keep up. I don't understand. <laughs> you see, I could not see any weapons about, apart from the uh, witch doctor's sharp. Uh, I almost said sharp. There's not. Yes. <laughs> you must work the sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wager 
the witch doctor shaft. <laughs> Good God, no. Good God, no. Let's keep this slightly acceptable. <laughs> of course, as you know, the rules of this club are that all stories must remain a time since PG-13. Mm. I don't know what that means, but... I think we've moved oh, I don't think there's any no, relation to with the black mumbers in the pregnancies. I'm on a footstool suddenly. Yeah, yes, you are. So there I, I was. The witch doctor was staring me down. <laughs> it was clear I'd have to best him in combat. He approached me fast and swift. I did not know what to do. I quickly... I'd wager this point you were even further distracted as the witch doctor shrank your head. <laughs> You indeed correct, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, he chanted some strange mystical African words. I believe it's some sort of African voodoo, they call it. I've heard of such things. My head shrunk. I was terrified. I felt unbalanced. It was at this point I could use my shrunken head to my advantage. <laughs> For you see, the witch doctor had not thought this through. For by shrinking my head, he had made it much more difficult to hit. Ah, <laughs> what a fool! So as, as his strike with his, his staff came towards my head, it, is, it was bladed on the end, by the way, a small, sharp rock on the end. What's drawing? I was able to, with now with my shrunken head, move my neck slightly to the left, more than you would think, without moving my whole body. In some sort of, like I was some sort of puppet, if you would. Mm. As my neck jerked to the side, I reached up and I grabbed his the stick. This was my first error. Because you see, I was callous and grabbed the blade, <laughs> therefore bleeding. It was at this point I decided to embrace him. I pushed him away and smeared the blood across my face. He looked startled. As do you, my friend. I guess I <laughs> As indeed do I. Do go on. I'm... That's the opposite of embracing. <laughs> Pushing him away. <laughs> Not literally embracing. Oh, I see. Very well. Carry on. Don't nitpick. That's one of the rules. Don't you know anything? How much gin is in this? Not enough. Some. With my shrunken head, I decided to, uh, to resort to the only form I had with my bloodsmith base. The form of interpreted dance. It was at this point I decided to flail my arms in a wild manner, moving my legs in time to a ribbon I was coming up into inside of my head. It went along the... I wish there was stunned. He stopped. They weren't sure what I was doing. I was, I was trying to do something of a rain dance, if you would, ah. that I'd read about in literature. But, uh, he stopped for a moment, briefly, though. He then lunged at me again. It was at this point. I thought, hmm, there's nothing I can do now. He will surely strike me down. It was at this point, I stopped him just for a second, screaming, wait, wait, sir. I have something that you will, that will, I challenge you, I stopped him. Dead. I hold out the, I hold out the handkerchief from my hand. I grasp it with my right hand in my left hand. I see. And as quick as a first, I opened it, the handkerchief was gone. The man stood back aghast, aghast, aghast. <laughs> something, something. He had never seen such witchcraft in his life. I see. It was at this point he said something to the people. They dispersed. 
and I looked around. I could My crew suddenly appeared, slightly sweaty, to say the least. They said, Sir, what happened? They said, Ah, I bested him at his own game. They said, What about your possession, sir? I said, I don't think he was worth it. My jeweling crossed underwear was not worth the trip. <laughs> surely, well, surely they, considering they weren't there at the beginning, surely they would have been horrified at the sight of your shrunken head. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention the witch doctor as I performed my daring sleight of hand. I returned my head to normal, ah. almost as a show of gratitude, or at least that he thought we were equal. So they were fine because they had they had not noticed the fact that my head had been shrunk. Well, an excellent tale, sir. An excellent tale. And by the way, PG thirteen means that the tale is able to be recounted with the help of thirteen <laughs> professional gymnasts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. Very well. But no more than thirteen. No more. <laughs> and no less. Some of the gymnasts are not. not equal to. <laughs> now. <clears throat> Well, I believe we're left with one tale to go. Tell us, Lord Ratsmith. Help the book. Team drill. Help the bottom. Team drill. Napishtim. Napishtim. Duke, Tidro, Duke. Oh, you added it then. Could you please regale us? Stop. <laughs> Could you please not? Never. Because the time you ended up in the Queen's bed in nothing more than a fancy hat <laughs> <laughs> and the Prince's prized slippers. Well, it all started, you see, in Paris. That one <laughs> Christmas when I was invited to Balmoral. It's very great privilege, you see, to be invited to Her Majesty's countryside retreat. Of course, of course, of course. Most people wouldn't even get to set foot in the place, let alone spend Christmas with the royal family. But I had been lucky, and I had been invited. So I decided I must be on my best behaviour, impeccably dressed, impeccably turned out, only the finest of jewels and clothing at my disposal. And whilst we were there, we did the usual thing one does when one is hanging out with the royal family for Christmas. Uh, hunting, delicious food, going to church, hot air balloon rides. You know, the standard fare of a uh, royal Christmas. It was quite uh, entertaining, really. And it was during one of those hot air balloon rides that things started to go slightly south. You see... Myself and Her Majesty had decided that we'd go out for a balloon ride, unaware that there was a storm blowing in. It was a devilish storm, one of those little Scottish things that uh, terrorise Norfolk from time to time. Haggis? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that more of the Norfolk one? Yes, it is. Why not? Is it the one in Norfolk or one in Scotland? Who cares? That's in Scotland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's one of those Scottish storms that terrify the highlands and the lowlands and the in-betweenlands. Don't go to those places, they're mm. horrible. 
Anyway, whilst we were st- stranded in the sky with nothing but myself, Her Majesty, and a pilot, we realized that we were being blown off course. No, wait, that wasn't the only thing we... No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we were blown off course, and we were stranded in this magnificent blizzard. It was quite beautiful from above, but also quite terrifying in the fact that we were alone in a hot air balloon with no control. And we managed to bring it down to the land. But we had no idea where we were. We completely lost track of all landmarks. There was a blizzard going on. And I had Her Majesty the Queen with me. So we had to retreat to somewhere safe. But uh, struggling through the snow and the storm and the winds and the snow, um, we managed to find a small house deep within the woods. Now, of course... Quite uh, probably, we uh, entered, making sure Her Majesty was safe, and attempted to light a fire. Sadly, much like this one over here. Yes, much like the magical illuminated photon fire. I see. <laughs> the Electrofire 3000, I believe it's called. I see. It's very nice, very nice. Where did you get it from? I, I, well, that's a story. <laughs> I must say, I don't f- like feel much warmth from it. Anyway, we were in this small cottage, deep in the woods, attempting to stand fire, but everything was wet and damp and covered in snow and ice, and nothing would burn. Most, most distressing. And of course, we, uh, <coughs> in a cupboard in the depths of the house, we found a load of old furs. Um, and being a good Boy Scout like I was, I knew my survival skills. Uh, one had to remove the wet clothing, uh, build a warm, comfortable nest, and huddle together to stay warm. One cannot simply huddle together with, to stay warm with Her Majesty the Queen. It would be unthinkable. Except, of course, when Her Majesty suggested it. Being a uh, lady of the world as she is, she, she was aware of these simple survival te- uh, techniques. Of course, we were horrified as proper English gentlemen. So, for the sake of propriety, we had to come up with a compromise. So, after modestly removing her clothing behind a screen, Her Majesty wrapped herself in furs. We then did the same, but I retained my hat. Because a gentleman could not be in the presence of Her Majesty without his hat on, it would be completely inappropriate. <coughs> so, wrapped in furs... And uh, wearing a pair of His Highness's slippers, which Her Majesty happened to be carrying in part of her luggage. We think it was left behind from one of their previous picnics during the summer. We found it at the bottom of the uh, picnic camper, you see. (laughs) Wait a moment. I think I remember hearing this story. Didn't wolves burst through the windows at this moment? Well, I was just coming to that bit, you see. We've just finished changing into our uh, wraps of fur. And um, considering my feet were quite cold and uh, almost frostbitten, and Her Majesty had kindly allowed me to wear um, His Highness's uh, slippers, we were caught quite unaware by the sudden appearance of a pack of wolves. They'd followed our scent from the hot air balloon, and of course the delicious smells of pheasant and quail coming from the hamper must have um, lured them in. Now, sadly, it was during this uh, terrifying incident that we lost our pilot. 
He went down under the first barrage of walls, but he gave us enough time for Her Majesty to pull her revolver from her handbag. <coughs> Everybody knows that Her Majesty is always carrying a firearm after so many assassination attempts. And she was able to throw it to me, being the better marksman. I was able to take off those walls, four of them in total. So me and Her Majesty dressed them, and were then stuck with a load of dead walls with some extra fur pelts. They hadn't been cured, but they were enough to add a little bit of extra warmth we needed to survive the night. So there it was that me and Her Majesty retreated to the securest room in the house and huddled together, modestly wrapped in our furs. But it was then that technically, when Her Majesty fell asleep, that it became her bed, as wherever Her Majesty is sleeping is obviously her bed. And there it was, deep in this blizzard, wearing nothing but a fancy hat, and some slippers, the only parts of uh, true clothing that counted for some throw rugs are merely blankets and not clothing. That I was huddled in Her Majesty's bed in nothing but a uh, hat and uh, some slippers and managed to save Her Majesty's life. And she rewarded me most handsomely. I do quite enjoy India. Oh, of course that's how you became King Consort, isn't it? <laughs> I cannot comment on how me and Her Majesty... Uh, I helped her majesty overcome her loss of her consort and choose me as her second husband. a great thing you could have, I could have waited there, but we have to keep it PG-13. Mm. Remarkable. Well, a fine story, yes. sir, to you, to you and your, and your fine story of fine story-ness, story, story, story. <laughs> now, I feel because there have been so many tales tonight, we should remind each other of what they actually were. <clears throat> Well, of course, we started out with uh, the Baron von Connor and his, the Amazon. his tale of exploring the Amazon. Of course. Yes, of course. Then I regaled you with my tale of... Um, Your Japanese case. Ah, yes, yeah. yes, crossing the land bridge into from Russia to Japan and having a time with geishas and the emperor. You, of course, uh, Lord Mapapa. <laughs> You're... Uh, engaged us with a wonderful tale of your explorations under the Pacific Ocean using butter trombone. Butter trombone? Butter trombone. Wow. Didn't know they can make trombones out of butter. Oh no, you weren't you were listening to the story, were you not? I think so. <laughs> Let me have uh, the story of yourself. Yes, how I uh, launched whales onto the surface of the moon. <laughs> How the Welsh are still trying to get it back to this day. <laughs> and yours, which was dangerously risque. Oh, well, like your black mumbers. <laughs> How are your children, by the way? Dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bitten by mumbers. <laughs> and, of course, my adventures with Her Majesty the Queen. Finally, you seducing the Queen of England herself. <laughs> I think you'll find you seduced me. Using only a bassoon. <laughs> There were no, no, there was a revolver and a hat, I think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, we, we established... I don't know how you play the bassoon. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> we established we lost the trombone. Well. So what happens next? Well, now, I believe it goes from person to person, and you take your remaining stack of coins, and you say, I think that blah is the best story of the evening, and you place your coins before them, and we go around, and whoever has the most coins at the end 
is the victor. But you don't add the coins to their collection. It's a separate thing. Yes, they're, they're two distinct piles because, you know, they're that's a... hand off their collection. Yes, yes, yes. Quite, 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 quite. 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 I believe you begin with the Twelve of Scoopland. Well, I do declare that I believe the good lord had me most thoroughly entertained with his talk of trombones and the trench. That's quite good, quite good. My thanks. Well, my throat is so dry. Have another drink. I feel that my contribution must go to... Sir Lincoln Histogram. I knew the last bit, but not the middle. I do apologize. <laughs> For his right. fine tale of how we finally got rid of Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Good show. I found your tale of geishas and Japan and land bridges most remarkable. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I <laughs> Oh, wow. There were so many interesting tales, but. Uh, I think uh, the most interesting tale of them all would be uh, the trek in Africa from Duke Langampupa. You like those black mambas? <laughs> you just wish you had a Miguel in your life. I think for me the best story was the fact that you had to train a leopard to eviscerate <laughs> itself. Of <laughs> <laughs> to obey its own. <laughs> Like, not just get, like, eviscerate itself, like, turn itself, literally destroy itself, <laughs> rip itself from... I have to admit, the story I found to be the most entertaining was how you relieved Her Majesty the Queen of that burdensome land of <laughs> Wales. <laughs> well, is that everyone? Now I believe we count our chips. I mean coins. I drop one. I have 14. You, sir? I have... 3. Uh, you, sir? I have but only 12. And you, sir? 7. Then it seems I am the victor of the evening. Congratulations, Huzzah! Sir. Huzzahs all around. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> and, uh... God save Her Majesty God and save the Queen. God My save wife. the Queen and, <laughs> and uh, yes, your your wife, <laughs> your wife the Queen. You started that one, not me. And let us... I rather think that you started it by getting in bed with the Queen. Well, she married me for it, so I must have been doing something. Right. <laughs> and let us remind everybody listening to this that every single word of everything that was talked about this evening is one hundred percent absolutely true. Of course. of course! Of course, of course, of course. <laughs>